टू वीमेन वन पैशन वन ब्रांड वॉट डू यू डू वेन योर जॉब डजन अलाउ यू टू फॉलो योर पैशन यू क्विट योर जॉब एंड यू स्टार्ट योर ओन बिजनेस हियर दर स्टोरी इन वाई दे डिड इट राइट आफ्टर द इंट्रो वाई इज एक्चुअली आई मीन आई मीन द मोस्ट इंटरेस्टिंग क्वेश्चन आई थिंक आउट ऑफ एवरीथिंग बिकॉज वी डेंट एक्चुअली प्लान दिस we thought that you know maybe like if we don't actually end up doing something separately we'll probably do something together handmade being the core of our brand we don't do anything that is machine based why don't you go get us through why handmade is better because if you're so focused on it there must be something special about it right I think it's it's because also like it's imperfect it's it, it takes time it takes a lot of thought it's not something that is mass produced so we don't we don't mass produce in general like we only make a garment when we get an order for it so we don't have like a lot of stock because we really value our textiles we don't want to waste them that's again you know like when you want to do handmade you want to value what you do because you know the amount of effort the amount of skill and the amount of time you're putting into everything you're doing right so we want to value that and we want our customers also to value that is that more of a calcutta thing or have you seen that all over india to be able to uh, you know get passed on with like these skills so right now when we speak to karigars we speak to people who are in this industry they always are like mere dada ji ne mujhe ye sikhaya tha ya ye the particular loom that they are working on has been passed on to them like who's a hundred years back so it has already been in their blood like they are putting this in their kids also why is actually i mean i mean the most interesting question i think out of everything because we didn't actually plan this like it was a very uh like you know like a very hasty and a very like not very well thought out plan uh we actually had similar interests and similar tastes and you know like we thought that you know maybe like if we don't actually end up doing sub- something separately we'll probably do something together like that was just like a rough conversation we had like just randomly right uh and it just like came together when suhasni was uh, actually doing a job right out right out of college and she was not very happy with it like she started in bombay pearl bombay so when she came back she was not very happy with the uh, company she was working in with the, with the designer that she was working with so then you know like it was really funny like i told her like you know just leave it like four days into it i was like just leave it we'll we'll uh, we'll uh, do something together and that's we how did. we just yeah yeah so i leave it into it i was actually testing the waters at the job So let's go and with they, what your job was. Let's go. Let's go with that. What was your job exactly? So I am actually uh, my main focus is textiles, and it has been like that in college and my internships as well. So when I joined this particular job, I was promised to, you know, like grow on the textiles bit, but I was pulled more towards like um, embroidery and colors and things that weren't my forte, and I didn't want to grow on them. ultimately so 3 days into it and i was right here in let's go back to that side so asini before you get too deep into this you have to explain 
what is textile what is embroidery what is whatever else you spoke about because we have no idea we are like you know treat us like kids who are like you know coming to you for the first time we have zero knowledge so you have to explain everything to us because we will have zero clue what you're talking about all right then so yeah what is textile okay so i wanted my focus to be textile primarily that means the fabric out of which the garment is made and my focus was handloom textiles if you know india is rich in handloom textiles so basically weaving of those textiles was my forte uh, back in college and also my internships and when i took up that job i was promised to like um, you know be invested in that particular area but i was being pulled out and given like extra work things that didn't drive um, that spark if i may say from inside and it it wasn't me and i met her i think every day all three days of my job i met her and every day we used to be like okay so this is what i have done this is what you have done and it was it was almost like plagiarism like it was almost like we had copied each other and made like assignments because it was that similar so we were just like how is it possible and if so why aren't we like doing anything together and the fourth day i was supposed to get like a uh, like a what is it specialization no like a letter from like the hiring team from the company and before they could offer me that i was just like i quit and they're like you're not even hired what are, what are you saying how do you quit i said no so this is not something that i want to do so yeah and i think a week later we were already into production like from the day wow. of me quitting we went we bought things yeah we bought things we had like a list ready and a week say 10 days yeah. later i think we were in production because i wasn't doing anything i had just gotten married and i was trying to figure things out and she was also of course like you know trying to look for something and we already had that conversation so it was very organic for us that you know okay this is the next step like we'll just go ahead with this and just do this and we actually started out of uh, an old office so you know like just things fell into place for us very very nicely and we got really lucky i think yeah luck comes to those who push for it right when you say you got into production one week later what was it that you were producing so by production i mean we were already at sampling stages so you know there are like stages of uh, like a complete garment you start with like sketches you finalize the textiles you like the fabric that goes into the making you finalize what is your inspiration and how your entire range of that particular collection will look like like individual garments basically individual garments coming together cohesively to make a collection like that is what a collection is like say a range of 15 to 20 uh, garments like clothes which come together cohesively have a similar inspiration or ideation behind it and then they form a collection so that actually is a very long process like a very lengthy process but it just like for us we were just like sketching out ideas and we just want to like get it together in one place and then shortlist and like you know like brainstorm and just finally come to the you know like the conclusion conclusion so of course this process takes a lot of time but when i say we were already producing it means we had already started our sampling stages so like making the final garment in like rough cloth basically so 
yeah, ten days into this, we had already started that. So basically, like I want to just get the timeline in my head correctly. So you all were designing, sketching all this before you even thought of formally doing this. Like you were just, you know, what was the, how come that had already started before you started to work together, or was that just a doodling coming together and just putting your thoughts on paper? is like you know uh, when when it is on paper once you realize it on paper you actually know what is working what is not working because actually moving on to the cloth bit is actually very uh, like you know it's it's an expensive uh, affair yeah like it's it's something expensive like and because we didn't know which direction we were headed just putting it on paper helped us understand you know like maybe these are the things we want to go ahead with these are the things that don't resonate with us so we want to completely eliminate those so just the ideas need to be on paper in front of us rather than just being in our heads you know that way and again with the sampling stages our team then was really tiny like it was probably like two two to three people excluding us and from there onwards once we had like samples in place then we had like after a couple of weeks or say months we had like our fabrics in place um then it comes together so we started in june july june end june end we started and we did our first ever launch was october 1st i love the to and fro Thanks. i love how you're like we started when did we start june and you're like oh that's when i <laughs> i love it my time is really messed up like i don't know <laughs> let's roll it back a little bit so Don't. where do you guys come from Why do you guys do this? Like you would have done so anything else. So both of us right? actually uh, stay in Calcutta. Like I, we've actually studied both. Like both of us have studied in Calcutta. She went to Bombay for her college, studied design in Pearl Bombay, and I studied design in Nift Calcutta. I'm actually five to six years uh, elder to her. So like that difference is there, but you know, like that it actually helps because there are like she probably has fresher ideas a lot of times. and you know like that really helps because as a new brand you want to be as dynamic as possible right so that difference helps us and because we are both from here i think our tastes are more like our sensibilities are more you know uh, more to the city like you know more um, for the city not to the city uh, but you know like how calcutta has like it's heavy uh, on textiles and it has like well made uh, garments and like very well known designers like anamika khanna sabesachi all of them are from calcutta so you know it's a very like uh, there are very good uh, craftsmen here so you know there is so much to do like so much to play with that you know that part really always intrigued us you know like we were always into like handmade things and like just doing things with hand like right now so we will not type on a phone like we will not do it on paper like we will just make lists on paper like that's how we are so i mean you know like these things have really like brought us together so we always wanted to do like you know things with hand with hand woven textiles and that was i think the uh, i i think the most important common point between the two of us so i think yeah that's that's how we and and handmade being the core of our brand we don't do anything that is machine based so be it uh, like sourcing textiles be it sourcing embroidery so embroidery becomes like any surface ornamentation that goes on the fabric so be it so everything's hand done like even our finishing ev- like everything is hand done and like we are very uh, 
designated i would say like very designated steps also that define like each garment like handmade being the core why don't you go get us through why handmade is better because if you're so focused on it there must be something special about it right i think it's it's because also like it's imperfect it's it, it takes time it takes a lot of thought it's not something that is mass produced so we don't we don't mass produce in general like we only make a garment when we get an order for it so we don't have like a lot of stock because we really value our textiles we don't want to waste them that's again you know like when you want to do handmade you want to value what you do because you know the amount of effort the amount of skill and the amount of time you're putting into everything you're doing right so we want to value that and we want our customers also to value that so when we when we tell them that is hand embroidered is surprising how many people actually understand the value of it versus when we say something is machine made i mean it's it's actually very very nice like people in india, india actually understand that is that more of a calcutta thing or have you seen that all over india i think it's more in calcutta and maybe more in the south because south is also it has a lot of textiles uh, rich yeah. rich in culture like rich in heritage to to be able to uh, you know get passed on with like these skills so right now when we speak to karigars we speak to people who are in this industry they always are like mere dada ji ne mujhe ye sikhaya tha ya ye the particular loom that they are working on has been passed on to them like was 100 years back so it has already been in their blood like they are putting this in their kids also versus machine made could be like right now i'm a layman 3 days into it i would be knowing how the machine works so it requires a particular skill set i mean it's 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 something that you come it it comes to you after you like you know it hones you like it you have to hone it you can't like you can't be born with it right i mean you need to practice it you need to like spend time with it and actually learn it to actually you know like understand and be able to do it well do you know we just hit 100 subscribers and that's all because of you give us more let's get to 200 quickly so that next time we say 200 coming to the business side of things how has your experience been with money how has your experience been with sales with marketing with outreach uh i think when we started out uh, the pandemic had just hit so we started out in october and like march we were in lockdown right so that that initial period of like say one one and a half years was a like a complete struggle for us because uh, we had just started out our brand even on social media and till then social media was not that big a thing as it is now post pandemic so uh, we uh, we actually didn't know what to do like when it comes to reaching out to people and like you know market your product and tell them what is it that you do and why is it priced the way it is priced right because the minute you offer touch and feel to someone will they understand okay so this is that this feels premium so i'm willing to pay a premium for it versus if i see something online and i don't understand it i'm not going to pay for it so initially the sales bit were definitely a struggle and it took a really big hit but i think once we started doing offline shows like we traveled to different cities in india once we started doing that i think people understood you know like how it feels on the skin once you slip on something that is handmade and it's a natural product like natural fibers natural uh, fabrics so once you understand the premiumness of it will you be able to willing to you know like go out and like buy it right versus ordering online like from zara or say h&m or any of these fast fashion brands so i think we we caught up 
uh, I would say approximately two years later. How did you all uh, keep the funding alive or where were you getting the funding for the first couple of years? So we are actually a bootstrapped uh, startup. So, uh, I mean, initially we had like a few shows that we, we were doing. Like, you know, even if there was one show happening in Calcutta, we would just like go out and do it. Because that would like mean reaching out to new people, right? Even if it's 10 new people, it helps us. So that, and we actually went online with a few of the uh, well-known, better-known platforms who were selling uh, clothes of other, other designers. So, you know, the, the minute you are on a particular platform that is well-renowned, you get a sort of credibility, right? I mean, they will, they will like customers would buy a product because you're on this particular platform. Like, for example, if you're on Ugan, like this is one of the leading multi-designer webs, uh, websites and offline stores in India. So if the minute you are on a website like that, it g gives you that kind of credibility that people want, like when they're purchasing online. So these were a couple of things that we thought did work for us. And till date, we are, uh, you know, like working with them. So you say you sell or you make garments only based on orders. So is is it now just basically something online or how are people getting in touch with you other than online? Where are you displayed? Where are you? Do you have a store? Do you have a place that people can get in touch with you physically? Yeah, so we also have like a, a, a workshop come studio space here in Calcutta where uh, it's also our production unit but also we have like a teeny tiny space where we have um, our garments on display. So, you know, when you go out and do events, say in Calcutta, by events I mean exhibitions. So when you do these, people get to know you. So even if they don't buy it in that particular event, they take your contact and they want to come back to you. So we do get calls back saying that, you know, hi, are you in Calcutta? We want to come see your product, we liked it then. So this is how it also spreads. So yes, one is our tiny retail space, the second would be our presence elsewhere in offline stores. So be it like a Purnia's or an Aza or an Ogan. So we, we try and, uh, you know, be uh, present in such stores. Also because, yes, it adds to your uh, credibility list, if I say, because these brands don't take up anybody and anybody. They... They do their background check as to what our quality is, whether we can deliver, what our price range is, whether we are real, you know, like real producers also that way. So second being stores, third being exhibitions. So exhibitions, I feel like because Ritika and I travel together, it gives the customers a one on one with us. So, you know, we get a chance to explain and justify our products. So that really adds plus even being intercity, I think they come back to us saying that, you know, because we've bought from you before, we know your quality, you got our sizing correct. Now, you know, we can continue this relationship over text or on Instagram, whatever. So apart from online, I think physically being present really uh, helps us also because our target market is uh, I would say 35, 35, pl 35 plus. So we are talking about customer as a wholesale, right? We are talking about, we do exhibitions, customers show up. We do exhibitions, a lot of customers show up, right? I want to know how many. 
I, I want to know, let's say I do an exhibition for 100 rupees, how many rupees can I make out of that exhibition? What's your conversion rate kind of thing? I think if it were a good show, uh, we would do about like 10 times of it. 10 times of the cost. Yeah. Is this revenue? Is this revenue or profit? Revenue. Okay. Um, Are you guys comfortable yeah. discussing numbers first? I want to clarify. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so let's go. Let's go again. So if it's a really good show, like a, a two-day show, a one-day show, that kind of revenue is difficult because, you know, the two-day show attracts, like you, even if there are people who are like contemplating whether they want to buy it or not, the the second day helps them, like, you know, come back. If they like something, they have the chance to come back. So a two- or a three-day show helps us obviously clock more revenue because there are more days, more people coming in, um, especially because a weekday, a lot of people don't want to come in a weekday. So that way. Uh, and if it's a one-day show, I would say about five times, three to five times, three to five times. What about profit? What well, what are your margins like? So this is the gross profit that you guys can clock in. It will be hundred percent. So he was asking. So poor garment has approximately hundred percent margin because right now we also want to be affordable. If we um, you know, compete with like fellow brands and they sell a product at say 10k, we want to be able to sell that same product at 7k so that there is like good, uh, you know, like a good margin for difference someone to come back for someone to lure them to us. So for starters, per product margin, uh, maybe close to 100%. For certain products, it's not even hundred percent, to be honest. But uh, can I can I just yeah? So just just to give you guys a uh, better idea. So for for garments, say for example, if I'm buying say a kurta, a kurta is like a longer version of a shirt. So if I'm buying a kurta, that is the main garment that will say have a hundred percent margin. But for example, if I want to buy a pair of pants with it, that go well with it. Like you know, otherwise maybe the kurta is of no use to me. So the minute it's a complementary product the margins go down considerably. Like the profit margins go down considerably. For the main product, I would say the margins would be about 100%. 100%. So where do you see it? Where do you see the growth? So like what I mean by that, I'll clarify. Your industry does not have very high barriers to entry. For example, you guys, right? You guys have a little background in textile. You guys know a few producers. You guys, your designs might be special, right? But a lot of people's designs are special. So how do you set yourself apart from everybody else other than price? I think um, our colors our colors are definitely one of our most... Uh, I think people have uh, called it like interesting, like it's a very interesting color palette that you have because it's probably fresh. We we like to play with colors. I, I like to believe we uh, we can think better in terms of colors and fabrics rather than in terms of say, like, you know, designing too much or like putting too much in it. Like make simple things, but make them wearable, again, at a decent price point, but at the same time, keep them fresh. And because the target audience is say 35 plus, they want something that is very comfortable on the skin. So we make sure that we do uh, custom uh, custom outfits. Like for example, if someone prefers a particular neckline or a particular length, of a length. so we do custom uh, fits a lot. So that is again one of our biggest advantages, like you know, being size inclusive. Like we make garments from extra small to uh, say a custom 5XL, 6XL at the same price. 
even if the costs for us are higher, uh, we would do it at the same price. So I think these are some of the few advantages we have over others who do not offer these, uh, I mean, like, you know, like a customization, for example, would be something that most people don't offer. I think one thing that really stood out for us, barring the design, barring the price point, barring the colors, these were the most obvious things that could set us apart. But the one thing that we saw was missing at like a, a you know, like at a bigger dispo disposable like, level. Level, like at a bigger level was, uh, so you get bread outfits that are everyday wear and you get occasion wear, which is you wear it at event, parties, weddings, all of that. But there is a segment in between these that not a lot of people were tapping. So, you know, like right now, if I have a dinner to go to, I can't go in regular clothes, but I won't wear very like heavy garments. So, you know, like good formal, um, semi-formal type of clothes, I think this was missing in the market that we were uh, entering. Yeah, I think as clients also, like that is something I'm looking, exactly. looking for, like when I go out to like actually buy something. It's mostly for the in-between things, like for the lighter or for the heavier things, I always have something that I'm probably willing to wear over and over again. But for the, you know, the one that is in-between, I, I want to I want to get something that is different and I want to like go out and buy it, but I don't get it. So I, I felt like that was something that was definitely a gap. And, and this is something that we didn't notice. We were doing it naturally, but a lot of people, even our age, I would, I would say, like from also from 25 to 35, which was not our target initially. Even uh, we started hearing from them as well. So you know how India has a tradition of, say, Trujo shopping. When a girl gets married, the boy's side and the girl's side, they, they offer like new clothes that... So, so you need like a good bracket of um, in-between sort of clothes. So we started getting a lot of these people. And we were just like, how are we getting these people? Because we weren't intentionally designing for them. Now we know that this can be our strength, you know, because there are not a lot of people who are doing this in-between segment correctly. Inspired by Ritika and Suhasini, hit that like button below so we can get more such people for you. So, you know, you already spend a lot in, say, your wedding shopping. You need good clothes that, that are pricey, that even go up to like lakhs in India. So then for this in-between sort of range, they do not want to spend a lot. So one, if you're affordable. Second, if you're good in terms of designing. Third, if you're giving them premium products. You know, you're giving them one after, the, like you're giving them reasons one after the other to come back to you. So I feel like this really works for us. I think yeah. still, like till till date, works for us. How is the like you know? How have you all experienced working with each other? How has that? How did that come about? How has that been? It's been what four years almost now. What you said June end, so I think four years almost to the day. Yeah, four years. People would expect it to be very spicy, but it's actually very, like, it's been very normal for yeah, us. Yeah. Like, you know, we've been very, like, if we've had disagreements, we've always, like, spoken about it, like, be it over text or, you know, like, even face-to-face. -face. But it's it's been fairly simple for us. Like, we've not had to try too much. Also, again, we're kind of the similar age group. Like, even though five is, like, a decent enough gap, but, like, 
it's never like really come in between us like you know the fact that we think differently a lot of times but i think we were okay with managing conflicts also i mean we've always spoken about it and i think both of us believe that you know like having uncomfortable conversations comfortably is something that we need to do if you want to make this work and both of us want to make this work and we know it so i think that was very clear uh, in our head from the start i think one thing that has definitely been a realization of late is i stopped looking at her as my relative like a bhabhi and like i call her that but you know it's it's never that i am younger or she is older so she has to take more responsibilities or i have to do certain things you're always an equal in a relationship if the work is 50-50 it has to be 50-50 of course there are days probably even weeks where you know a certain person doesn't contribute enough but you know how a relationship works it's not always 50-50 this is i would say as as good as any other relationship like i think it's a very answered understanding that we yeah. have that we just have to do this like we can make up for each other easily i think but i think more than the disagreements it's just surprising how similar things can be like you know not in just not just in terms of designing or liking say a particular color oh you like this color i like it too <laughs> that is definitely there but like on a, on a very business level even like financial decisions whether we want to do a particular show whether we want to tap a celebrity whether we want to like even Invest put something yeah. yeah put more money into the business or take money out of the business like very very um like i would say crucial financial decisions i believe that is also to a very large extent very similar i want some beef on you i want one of the conflicts like a major one where you were like going to crash each other's heads like it it has to be on like a particular design like i like this color no yeah, yeah i don't like this color yeah i think it's going to be more about like okay i'm going to make it like this no we're going to do this about like no. we're going to add this fabric to it no we're not going to do this like it's it's actually it's not been uh, what you would expect i mean uh, maybe something in the future and i will definitely call you and tell you okay this happened akhil but uh, as of now i think uh, because because you know very uh, so these like these conflicts you can afford having like you know like right now if i don't like a particular thing that is that is happening i can just tell her but it's one garment or it's one particular fabric and it's not costing us a lot so you let the other person breathe you let the person have their space and make their own mistake we've both done that and we've both like we've come out of it knowing that okay i did this but probably you know like next time be better Types. Also, I think if it's not resonating with the brand, we will scratch it off completely. But if we feel like it's not too much of a deviation from it, I think I would like to stick to it, even if one of one of us don't agree with the other. Yeah, but like on the on the other hand, when it's a financial decision or when it's like a very big sort of admin decision that we want to hire someone or we want, you know, like probably to let go of someone to let go of someone or to maybe increase what we are taking out of the business. i think that we generally when we even if we have a conflict we generally sleep over it I because yes help also yeah and be- because this is something we know that will affect our business long term 
you know so both of us i think are that reasonable that we want to be yeah, it has to be worth it and i'm i'm seriously telling you we're not doing this for the podcast we are like that we are not painting a pretty picture we are like that so so we keep saying this also so ritika is married so ritika is married and i am not so but we still call each other like our first husbands like we're like we fight with our fellow partners more than we fight with each other and it's unreal so do you all divide up stuff is there this is yours this is mine i'm responsible for xyz you're responsible for the other thing or do you all do everything collaboratively or what's the how does that work i think initially when we started out there was more of a divide because we felt like you know one specializes in one thing and the other probably specializes in the other but eventually we realized that you know when one of us is away say if i'm traveling and she has to handle all of it it's just better if both of us know everything that's happening and whenever you know need be we can always like help out step in or yeah but it, it initially that divide was there but i think now it's kind of integrated it's it's not there in fact in fact i think we thought that this divide would help us no like i thought it would grow like you know i would do my set of things you would uh, yeah. Yeah. because we were asked this that you know right now to chalo y'all don't know what y'all are like doing so much so y'all are like overlapping in terms of like activities or like things to do yeah honestly i thought it would grow the divide would further grow but i've just come to this realization that it's integrated further and i think we like it that way yeah no comfortable on on a daily basis yes we do have a set of uh, activities to do like you know like when we're traveling it's given that i do the hotel and stay she does the exhibition part like she gets the stall done like the gst bit done like it's it's an unsaid thing so that is all right but it's not like if she is away or i am away night like either of us can't handle the other bit could you do it without each other i don't think so yeah i think you could no like i think we could if she's away for like a week i am i we have i you know and going to some to boastful but i think we have unrealized potential when there is pressure i think we can do everything I absolutely believe so I think everyone to do everything. No so yes of course you would do uh I don't think we realize it. No of course like I'm not saying that we're unskilled or like we can't do certain No things. but there are certain things you probably do better but like even like I could probably do it even when like when you're not there I would No so this was not the question na the question is would I do it alone like would I just do in a solo like 100% me no my question of is was given a choice no No, and I think if need be, I think both of us can we yeah. can pull it off. Yeah, we can step up. Yes, but I think our answers differ. You, no, I can't do it. Dude, they're too loyal to each other. They're too loyal to each other. We can't get your 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 divisive tactics are not going to work. Chalo, considering considering that a single person can build on a solo, let's say somebody gets inspired watching this episode to start their own design firm, maybe in your city, maybe elsewhere. What is something that you realized in the past 3 years which you really wish you had known when you were going to start something major or like a couple of things I think it would be some of the costs we incurred I mean it might be a really stupid realization or maybe something that everyone has but like some of the places where we've actually like spent money 
I felt like there was so many of these times where we could like just save all of that and make use of it much better today. Like yeah. in in this situation, much better. I think investing in the wrong places has been one of the one of our biggest. But it's a lesson, yeah. of course. I mean, yeah. it's an expensive lesson, but it's but ultimately yeah. a lesson, and it's better to do it early on because you're still like not spending so much yeah the scale of it is lower the scale of it is lower so the blow is softer i would say still a blow but it's softer uh so uh, to like yeah. pinpoint up one particular expense would be like social, social media. media so for social media initially we were we we were not very like because it was a new like it was new for us post pandemic you know how a brand uh, is on social media what are the do's and don'ts uh for a brand on social media to sell on social media that was a struggle for us and we just grabbed onto the first company that we uh, got to know of and we just like spent way more than we should have and not, not realizing whether it was worth it like worth it because ultimately yes you spend but also see what you're getting um for it right if i'm spending an x amount it should be worth it and till we got like a knock on our head from like a third person yeah. both of us were just like okay you know like we were it, doing it, it merrily like yeah it was it ignorant. was like a blind yeah. it was like a blind yeah. investment that could have been uh, disastrous had we continued in yeah, for sure so do you all do social media yourselves today or is it still outsourced so it, we actually did it ourselves for a bit but we felt like because we are not trained in it we're not doing it the way it should be done like when it comes to strategy maybe we cannot think the way a brand strategy is supposed to work like when it comes to design maybe we can handle it like the graphic bit of it or the just the designing bit bit of it but i felt the strategy was something we were definitely we were not we we couldn't do it and we just felt like we were lagging behind and we we actually uh, reached out to a friend to do it but now we've given it to a proper company and they're doing a much better job than we ever could yeah that's cuz our ultimate goal was to always make our instagram look pretty yeah you know if someone stumbles on a solo they enter the page it should look like oh wow it's a pinterest board but it's not supposed to be like that you're supposed to be rather transparent and sort of informative also to a certain extent right now if i only keep putting like garments and pretty campaign shots why will they follow you they can always just ask for a lookbook and never follow you right so you have to give them more than clothes it has to be a story it has to be a story it has to be a lifestyle you have to put your face forward we were so shy doing like lives or like being seen in a solo or like you know for for example even doing those for that matter absolutely but then we realized that why will people come to you when they don't know you when someone personally knows me they see in a solo on me and it resonates you know like you have you have to be the brand like you cannot expect other people to wear your clothes when you are not out there confident wearing like wearing them right so i mean yeah i think we we are trying to work on that and i think this is this is a decision that we are very consciously taking now to be seen more in a solo like incorporate our designs in our wardrobe be seen in a solo whether like an errand that we're running like even if you're going to like a you know like a fabric vendor in a like a local shop we're in a solo like a more everyday outfit and even if even if there is an occasion or like a celebration or whatever 
try and be seen in a solo so you catch more eyes. Do you know the last video? It hit 200 views. Share this one. Let's get this to a thousand. Where did the name come from? Uh, actually, uh, when we started out, we 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 were very like we we wouldn't know what to call it first. We thought we would probably go by our names, but then that just didn't make sense. It didn't stand out, and then we thought it has to resonate with what are the crux of our brand is, and it's always been hand handmade things, hand woven things, and hand woven things are done by people, right? So just to give credit to the people. Help us make these things. So the meaning of Nisolo is ni solo, which is not alone. So we are actually trying to give credit to everyone who is with us in this entire process. Like one garment is going through so many different hands, from the fabric to the cutting to the stitching to say the finishing, the the ironing, you know, the QC bit. So there is there are so many hands uh, that are uh, involved in a garment making process. So we thought, I think the best way to do it, like we thought the best way to do it would be to give credit to these people because that is something that will not change no matter how much our brand evolves with time. The people behind it will always be the brand, you know, like more than us. It's going to be about them because they are making everything that you see. So as you know, it's actually when you make progress, when you sort of succeed, you take the people behind and you give them credit for that uh, win yeah like we try to be more transparent we try to show the process we try to put stories where you know you're seeing people do things with hand so things like that just to show you that you know you can see how it's all happening like how it's coming together just to make everyone understand the value of it and to make them a part of it that this was also so honest- beautifully put Honestly, like that, that like... also helps us justify like if you're above average price point, adding value to the process adds value to the end, end product, right? Yeah. So I think that really helps us also justify our price point. Like we know we're probably slightly on the pricier side, but you see why so. So I think they're that. No, I had a very funny moment with uh, Nisolo's sort of, uh, what do I say, your domain name, because it says we are Nisolo, I think is what it says. And I kept reading it yeah, as where. I, I, oh, kept, I kept reading it as where, and I was like, you, you, like, why have they spelt where with an E? And then it struck me that, no, it's not where, it's we are. And I was like, okay, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> I was going to say that is very beautifully put. And a lot of people, unless they hear it from your own mouths, unless they hear it coming from you, would never understand like, you know, the intricacies and the meaning that people put into just some, something as simple as a name. But, but you know, uh, a lot of people, it's surprising how many people have actually asked us what Nisolo means and where it's come from. And honestly, just given in the... Uh, given... Like where we live and in between we live it was very surprising to actually be uh, asked this question ki, you know what does Nisolo actually mean like there were aunties who came out to us and be like Achha, beta, iska, ye na? Matlab, why, why this name and we were like wow aapko actually interest hai. but I mean, it's actually nice when people ask you questions because 
it shows that they want to know right i mean they're not just bothered about the product they want to know more it's actually nice to talk to people about your brand also i think that's the beauty of there being so many brands suddenly because everyone now wants to form a connection and people are looking for something to resonate with something to connect with so i think them finding out about the name or you know the philosophy or whatever drives what you all create helps them relate to what you're selling and helps them sort of form their own personal connection with the brand and that i guess sets you apart in their minds from everyone else who's out there absolutely and you know like funnily like when they see i don't know like this is a this has worked for us but when they see us like you know girls to two girls of this age like you know selling going out maybe travel to an exhibition and like you know like spend uh, three four nights away and like you know just stand the whole day selling clothes they actually feel they're actually surprised that you know you're taking so much of pain to actually come to another city travel all the way do the entire display then sell all day and then you know they're actually in read that you know you can actually put so much of an effort to to make your brand work like i mean it's really surprising that but it it helps us i mean you know that makes them feel like you know it means so much to us and you know it makes them believe because they see two people like actually like you can like connect regular like you can you can connect with someone like you know every day looking and like you know like not very idealistic and you know like i think it just clothes wise also when you're not making something that is very very like you know you cannot be it cannot be worn by a lot of people versus something that you know you can just slip on and go out like you know things like that i think have really helped us very relatable uh, content i think and uh, garments i think have been one of our advantages so we have a very loyal viewer of ours dinesh kajwani he has a question for you guys he would like to ask you about your experience with your first employee first employee disastrous disastrous that man has taken us for a ride and how like he really helped us or we were thinking he was helping us but i feel like the minute they see like two girls they underestimate you and then they feel like they can like they just like take advantage and like we wouldn't know so it was a, it was a bit unpleasant but i think we learned in the process and i think today the kind of team that we have like we are so proud and so happy like we are backed by them like if it's a long uh, long night like they would they would stay over in our workshop and they would like uh, work the entire night and get up in the morning and work again so it, it's with it's a been smile. a yeah with like, a smile they would they, they would do that but to be honest in the last 4 years we have been taken for a ride a couple of times and it's taken us a while like it's taken us a minute to understand who's correct and who's not and earlier while like lashing out or removing someone from the team we used to really get affected emotionally like, emotionally because we were like you know these people are living um, making a living because of us and theek hai uh, it's oh, it's okay we would and, forgive i think uh more olio but i think we learned it the hard way and yeah i think the first the first employee was definitely the biggest learning curve uh, out of everybody 100%. absolutely 100% so he was actually the head chap you know there is a master in like every unit so the master basically cuts all the garments he doesn't stitch he only cuts so 
he is actually the head because he can guide other people as to how this garment has to be made so you know ultimately on an everyday basis your conversation is more with the master rather than the tailor you know you explain it to the master that this is my vision the master sort of does his magic and then the tailor is explained by the master that this was ultimately the design and this is how you have to execute it so he is basically the one leading your execution yeah he is the more most technically sound person yeah. in the entire setup basically and he sort of dictates the terms of the workshop how uh, positive or how negative how hard working how um, like he guides everybody like like how developing uh, honestly your workshop can be you know so ultimately if you do hire a tailor you can train them to be a certain way right what my tailor was on day 1 versus how he is after 3 and a half years there is a huge difference of how how much he's grown how much he's grown and that really uh, i think truly the credit goes to the master because he can gauge as to how much a person can take on and what he can do and what his real potential is so he gave us like a really i don't know if i should say this but like a very below average crappy tree like you know team who he could manipulate saying that you do this you do that and maybe you don't do this you don't do that you don't do that and even if there was potential in a particular person if you're told that this is your salary you don't need to do extra why would that person do right if i'm being fed with like lazy thoughts why would i do extra so just that manipulation and like the entire yeah. team the entire mentality was absolutely brainwashed that was very unpleasant because we were dependent on everyone like every person is very important in the entire process of course master being the most important and he he actually took the other road road to it so it was so this top. was genuinely learning the hard way like so essentially your link between like yourself and the tailors was spoiled so then like the whole yeah. everything just went yeah no so and because of him because of quite... first employee it wasn't just the master that we had to replace we had to get rid of the entire yeah, team like we were wiped out overnight yeah damn so how did <laughs> you recover that was quite the rude awakening would you like to connect with any of our incredible founders do you have a business opportunity in mind do let us know reach out to us or get in the comments below let's see what we can do what was your recovery process like then so your team goes away now you need a new master new team what do you do where do you go how do you find them like you were frantically looking for like texting i was texting people who were in the same industry as me she was texting people she knew from in college like you know just things like that we were just like texting people and getting new people to do trials with so i can do a trial stitch a garment and see whether the garment is looking the way it's supposed to look so that's how you understand whether the master is up to the mark or not so we were actually doing that in the middle of having like so many pending orders in the middle of that we we had like so much left to deliver and we didn't know how we would even like cut stitch anything because there was absolutely no one in our workshop like we were we were just a two of us there was nobody there was actually a time when we discussed should we do it because we know how to stitch we were 
we were really panicking because we were like getting calls and we didn't know what to do and we were just like pushing our timelines leaving like apologetic messages to people and like just regrets and but i think uh, trial after trial we eventually uh, we were able to build up the team and now i think we are uh, we are 10 9 or 10 people strong so i think it happened slowly but i think now i think we're steady happy you know when you actually say certain things out things like this experience it all over again yeah if you had to do this all over again if you had like if you were starting this solo today if you were starting out with zero employees today would you start with doing everything by yourselves and then getting someone on board i don't i don't think so you can't do this by yourselves i just feel like uh, that i mean we've learned everything ourselves for sure but the kind of experience that uh, the tailors and the masters have we cannot get that even if like you know no matter how hard we try we, it comes with time and practice so i don't think we would be able to deliver quality products so i don't think we would choose to do it ourselves because if if a customer comes to me and they are not happy with the product they would never come back so that's not a risk worth taking so maybe we wouldn't and and moreover doing this by ourselves would like 90% of it would mean actually stitching like executing the garment on your own and yes we are given like a lot of technical knowledge in college like we even know how to stitch but uh, just about you can delegate you would rather delegate i mean things that you no one else can do but you you would rather focus your energy on that and just like get people to do things for you know but what i was saying is even after that knowledge we can't do it uh, you you cannot physically yeah. be on the machine and stitch and be like okay you know this collar has to be torn from here and you need to insert like three extra layers of fabric for it to be that stitch just the technical bit the technical soundness it's i don't think yeah comes with practice i think your answer just made this a very very expensive business right it comes with this word called money so let's talk money let's talk about how much money would it take to set up nesolo today and what kind of growth have you guys seen on a revenue basis or a profit basis and have you been able to take any money out of the company yet uh so because for the first one one and a half two years we were struggling we haven't been able to actually take the kind of money we would want to um and uh, i think if we started today we would probably need 20 25% more than what we i was going to say like and more than what we start with because everything the price of raw materials increase every year the cost of labor increases every year um so i i think 25 you would say more i would say more 100% also my math my math might not be accurate because also we had the space oh we were not paying rent initially we were not paying rent like, for a good one one and a half years because we were using an old office so all of that would add up like the admin cost would also but be higher would, but even if you consider the rent of that space i believe even starting the solo to today would be at least like at least one and a half times more expensive yeah at least then what then what we invest four years back is there a number to that so we do we do have a number but it wasn't all invested at once so see i give you a number of say 20 lakhs put into the business 
but all 20 wasn't invested in the first year uh, of the business itself. So from that office, we made a jump to like a smaller space somewhere in Baliganj, which was uh, again, like, you know, you have to pay like a particular amount of deposit. You start paying rent, you start paying electricity, you increase your team, then you infuse a little bit. Then we made another jump right now, like currently we are in Southern Avenue which is an even bigger space. So again, obviously the deposit, the rent, the electricity, the number of people, they go us scaling up, I feel okay. like. Yeah, scaling up, okay. exactly. Everything has had uh, an additional cost and I, I think we've, uh, we've scaled up faster than we, we thought, thought we would. Yeah. What have your revenue numbers looked like over the past four years? Let's say the first two years are trash, let's get rid of them. What, have, what has it been since? Uh, so I, I wouldn't say we have a clear image of this year as yet. Also because we compare it to the revenge buying of last after year. COVID. Yeah. You know, like right after COVID, people were spending every last penny that they had. Yeah, like people were going mad. Like I was, as a brand owner, I was like, where are they going wearing these clothes? Like I'm, I'm happy selling, but where are you wearing them? I couldn't understand and what where happened. getting the money from. Like, we didn't understand what was happening. But I think this year is slowed for a bit. No, so this year is a reality check that this is how uh, people buy. Like this is their curve and this is our curve. And we are not supposed to be disappointed if we sell 10 or 20 garments less than last year per exhibition. Because this is the normal rate at what like at what people buy or people spend or how much you can earn last year was unreal expectations because we were doing like bizarre numbers in an exhibition so we were also just like what is happening the thumbnail of this video is revenge buying okay i love that word i've never heard that word before but it's great <laughs> it was actually we did yeah. term this revenge buying like i heard it from a lot of people so you know when you when you set up exhibitions like other fellow like brand owners also sort of start becoming more than like they start becoming your family because you stay with them you have breakfast with them you like sort of discuss how your day involves time with yeah exactly so like you know very experienced designers also told us that if this is the first year of your exhibition run then this is a very unreal expectation that you're setting for yourself and you're we're set for disappointment next year. Because this is not how it's supposed to be. Like people don't generally shop this much. This is madness. We were too like, uh, if we were to put a number to it, uh, we would like sell again. Like I told you, we did like 10 times of our uh, stall cost, like our exhibition cost in one of our show, like a couple of our shows actually. Uh, say we would invest say a lakh and a half or maybe two lakhs in uh, a st uh, an exhibition and we would like come out of it like making like 10 times of it, 8 times of it and that's not something you expect in uh, something like in Calcutta like uh, I don't know if you've heard of a show called India, India Story it's pretty popular it's like uh, it's like an, it's like a holistic event it's got art it's got fashion show it's got food music everything so that's been one of our best shows similarly one in Bombay so these kind of shows have actually set our bar too high and I think this year it's not going to be the same. But I think it would be about... Um, yeah. Similar. Yeah, similar. But not not as, as much. So a typical uh, exhibition, 
would be how many garments that you're carrying with you how many garments are you selling like what is you've given us monetary numbers but like what is the numbers on terms of how much are you what are you how are you preparing for it? how many garments did you do you take with you whether it's in calcutta whether it's abroad do those numbers vary i mean sorry not abroad but out of out of calcutta but um, do those numbers vary and what's the typical sale so you know how we said that we don't uh, we we don't sell garments off the rack we only take orders so these are essentially our samples so if i if we take say suppose 80 to 90 outfits we generally have like a set uh, standard size of a stall we take so we know okay these many clothes will fit in this particular box and this is how much is okay to carry and most of these uh, garments are used as samples so we only take orders on them we do not sell them off the rack so we take like a time of 2 to 3 weeks some garments even go up to like a month when too intricate or too uh, like hand done i would say so we this is this is only on order basis and these 90 samples are then sent to stores or then used as our display or used again in the next exhibition so again exhibitions come in seasons so pre rakhi is a season so you do like three four exhibitions in the country pre diwali is again a season so you do like five six exhibitions in those in those particular months so if i if we end up selling say a particular style then for the next exhibition we might not be able to replenish that particular style no but what he means is how many pieces do you think if you're carrying say for example i think 90 would be the highest we do yeah 90 to 70 would be say an average, average of the number of pieces we carry but if we say carry 60 to 70 pieces about 15 20 styles do better than the others 15 styles i think do better than the others and we sell about uh, 80 85 pieces of the 10 15 15 20 styles that you know actually do well because some are priced higher than the others some just like be like are more attractive to most people than the others so i think it varies but up about 80 70 80 pieces so these are 70 80 orders that you're taking yeah or like something like that all right yeah. perfect sorry i got my thumbnail i need my title and for the title i need a revenue number so i want the revenue of your revenge buying year uh I think our highest so if we give you like a figure of the entire last year because I feel like the entire last year was revenge buying it was be it rakhi be it diwali be it wedding season people were just buying but do we want to reveal the thousand books <laughs> if you don't if be, you don't it's fine you can tell us now that's going to be yeah. embarrassing if we don't match it this year or like maybe even up a step So I'm not very sure if Well, you're already prepared to not match it. It's your pre- you're already it's your... prepared. You're saying that is not going to be the same. But so you're saying you right. already sort of one going to be yeah. which is why I'm like a little hesitant as to if we want to reveal it because I know we won't match it. Give us a ballpark. Okay, give us a ballpark. Uh I think our revenue we actually had a target which we didn't meet but we had a target of 1 one cr for the last year but we didn't we didn't touch that but i would say we were pretty close revenue perfect i we think akil it. akil i think you can make you can make yeah, that work in the title i'll manage i'll manage please, <laughs> but 
I think it would it would definitely be the fact that if you've done better you actually had a point where you believed in yourself you know when you start out you don't have that belief you just start out because you're just passionate about it so you start out with that passion and there are of course like especially for us because we started out just before the pandemic we were struggling initially and because we came out of it and we saw that we could do better so today even if we have a few rough months i think we will have the confidence to bounce back because we we know we've done better in the past and because we've come out of it earlier as well i think because these experiences have helped us anything you want to add also i think there have been a lot of things that we we have been unaware about like we both uh really struggle with uh, the finances and we take a lot of help from our family and i think we are learning every day so i think as long as we keep learning i think um, we'll be okay i i just want to add one line and i personally believe in this in every relationship if you feel like you have that fire to get that rocket out of your like atmosphere once it's out it will float on its own so you need to start with that passion and of course you need to continue uh with that passion but because that's not easy i mean just continuing the same way is not easy because things are always happening right i mean some and so many things don't go our way but uh i i think just just knowing that you've done it in the past and you can do it again i think no and a lot of people say that oh i'm learning every day and that's that's like motivation enough for me but i don't know i have a very different way of seeing that why are you learning is because you don't know so that's quite demotivating in general right i mean if we struggle with finances yes why, why are you learning yes you can see it in a better light that yes i'm learning like new things every day but that is at at some point in like the day or like when you're sitting alone at night you realize that okay why am i learning this is because i don't know so that could be quite demotivating but if you feel like you're passionate enough for like something that you're doing like i think even after 4 years when i spot a nisolo or when she spots a nisolo we share a photo with each other 
and even if it's like an unauthorized sly photo see i spotted nisolo so there is still a thing that you know we like seeing people in our tunes so i think that is motivation enough